Hey, and we're here. What's going on, everyone? This is Javon LeBlanc, and I'm here with Grant the Fox. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow Grant the Fox um, at Grant the Fox on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Vine, Instagram, Vine, yeah. Instagram all, that all, that, all that young people stuff. And I'm also here with uh, Phil, um, and he is also known as Bantha Pooter. Bantha Pooter? Did I get that right? <laughs> It's Beth the Father. Beth the Father. I butcher all your names. I'm so sorry. So obviously, yes. Hello, everyone. What's going on, everyone? And you guys know, um, oh, by the way, you can also follow uh, Beth the Father on uh, Xbox Live. If you guys are willing to get down with some gaming, he's uh, he's pretty good at gaming. So letting you guys know right now, he'll, he'll jack you guys up. And it's me, of course. And, and you can follow me, guys, at Javon LeBlanc or Google.com backslash or plus backslash. I don't know how that works. At Jamal LeBlanc, you know, it's really confusing. So uh, we're here. We're Chill Tech. We're here to give you guys news and fun stuff that's uh, all us nerds love about technology and movies and gaming and all that other cool stuff. So uh, let's talk about everyone. How, how you guys' day has been? It's been a pretty cold day today. That's the uh, that would be an understatement. Took about thirty minutes to get home when you from work when it only takes about five minutes. Oh wow, that's really bad, bad traffic out there. Stay safe. Oh man. Yeah, if you're in Maryland, stay safe. <laughs> How about you, Phil? You experienced any bad traffic today in a snowstorm? Yeah, I uh, actually got stuck on a hill, and this dude in the van had to just like push me through an intersection, and I was like <laughs> terrified driving home because like how messed up is my bumper? But it was actually uh, scratchless, so thank you. See, that, that, that's, that's Japanese engineering, guys. Uh, Nissan. Get a, get a Nissan, everyone. So, we have some pretty cool topics to talk about today in technology. Um, you guys see I have my Nexus 9, and we're going to use that as my uh, run-through device. So, uh, Nexus 9, everyone. And they're, they're not paying me to do that. I should get paid to do that. Uh, let's, let's, let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, let's let's uh, talk about Cyanogemod. And should Google be worried about Cyanogemod? Hmm. You know the very little experience I have on Cyanjamod. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear his opinion on this first before I throw mine in there. You can't be talking about me. Oh yeah, I, I am. I I just learned for what firmware is, so I'm where they have to go with Javon first. Then I'll start with <laughs> so let's continue. Yeah. All right, Javon. I think this one's yours. And this one's mine. This sounds great. So, um, in case any of you guys are listening here, as have known, Cyanogemod is a company that specializes in Android ROMs. ROMs are something that can be a lot of people, a lot of people to root their phones, um, very similar to iPhones jailbreak and stuff. And you can uh, throw on a customized or a special modified version of the Android operating system on your device. With Cyanogemod. Um, it's really unique because they use stock Android or Google's experienced Android um, with all the Play services and everything that people like, all the free Google services, but they modify it to add some pretty cool features that you won't get or Google doesn't offer. Um, and, and one of them is actually improved battery life, which is really cool. Um, so uh, there's been some news lately that Microsoft just gave them $100 million dollars 
or something like that, or was it ten million dollars? I think I think it was ten million dollars. I'd go with ten, yeah. Yeah, just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was a hundred million dollars next to help Sinajamad, quote unquote, take Android away from Google. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go on and say no. Google shouldn't be worried. I don't, and I think the entire thing has been a big misunderstanding. I, I don't think that uh, Sinajamad, the CEO, meant what he said about taking Android away from Google. I think what they're trying to say is that. Since Android is an open operating system, meaning that you can modify it and use it to your pleasing, there's other versions of uh, Android, like for instance, Amazon OS, where they give you a version of Android and they don't give you the Google services and they replace that Play Store services and Google services with Amazon's. With, yeah, with Amazon's right. market correctly. So, is it possible for us to see Microsoft jumping on with Android phones and giving people? Uh, Microsoft services with an Android phone? Is that necessarily we can see in the future? It's funny you mentioned that. I was actually reading up on the Galaxy S6, and uh, it seems like Samsung was pairing up with Microsoft so you can do things like have Google, uh, not Google, uh, Microsoft Word on there, Microsoft Office, PowerPoint, built it on the phone with that operating system. So I can see how Samsung can be uh, cooperating with Microsoft and that sort of thing. So I think, they, I think they're, they're going to jump on the bandwagon with that one. Hmm. By you. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm seeing, seeing I, I don't want to call it bloatware, but do I want a phone? I mean, do I need a phone pre-installed with tons of Microsoft services? I feel like if I wanted an Android phone, I'm, I'm kind of buying into the Google ecosystem. Um, I, I feel like if I, if I want a phone full of Microsoft stuff, I'm going to buy a Lumia device. Yeah. Um, Phil, Phil, back me up on this. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? I mean... I have my phone, and it's got tons of this Verizon stuff on there that I don't want. So uh, I wouldn't see the purpose in getting another phone that had this Verizon stuff if I didn't want it in the first place. So well, I guess what are you going to do without the Verizon Navigator, man? <laughs> we all use that. I, I think I will have to finally give up my VZ Navigator. Yes. So, I think they, they literally just got to stop trying with that sort of stuff. No one <laughs> uses this. It. it has like two stars on their own market. Yes. Verizon Navigator, you guys are layers. So, I mean, so, so, signage, Jamal, are any of you guys, um, have any of you guys used signage Jamal before? Well, you know me, Javon. We tried that once, and uh, S3 is not supported on that, so. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and honestly, I'm not comfortable using anything that I can't just simply download from the Play Store. So, that's a problem for me, because I'm not getting that technical with my stuff. So. Uh. <laughs> well, it's not Jamal, seemed pretty easy to. Did it work though? Just it didn't work with my device. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it literally just seemed like it was something you installed and it would do it for you. Yeah, there there is a there is a um, companion app for the Cyanogen mod phones and and stuff. So um, some supported devices you can just install a what's it called? I forget what it's called. You can you, you can install a um, app on the phone and then you can install another. App on your desktop, iOS. I'm sorry, OS X or Windows, and it can automatically root your device for you and install Synergymod for you uh, without having to do all this extra stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Um, so I apologize, guys. My my Hangouts is going crazy. I should probably mute my stuff, but I'm not. So, <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have here. What else we have? We have. Galaxy S6, which uh, which that's interesting. You're talking about the Galaxy S, 
So oh, yeah, good. here's my category right here. All right. <laughs> Galaxy S6. I don't know what to take on this. I've seen the leaks. I think it's going to look like an iPhone 6 lookalike. I hope not, because if they do, Samsung lost a customer. Oh, really? Oh, it's something where I lose the functionality, and I take, I can't take out the battery, I can't take out the SD card. If I wanted to lose functionality, I'd go with an iPhone. It's that simple. But don't clone something. That's something they had over the iPhone. It's the removable back. I mean, batteries, they die after a while. You know, After maybe a couple of years, the batteries are they're done. you got to get a new battery. Or if you want to get more memory, you put in the SD card. Oh, I hope they don't do this. I really so, hope. So, so you really don't want Samsung to go this, uh, the route that not only iPhones, but a couple of um, Android manufacturers, including the Google Nexus program, has also been doing this. They, they've no longer allowed you to do the removable backs, and um, you have fixed amount of storages. Yeah. You, f- you feel like this is, a, this is a bad move by Samsung. I mean, basically, if they were doing this, if they were playing catch-up with the rest of the manufacturers who are also doing this, I guess they figure they can make more money by charging more. Let's say we have a phone that holds 32 gigs, charge 299 with contract. Now let's do 64 gigs, and we'll charge 399 for contract. It doesn't cost $100 to do like, twice the amount of uh, storage. I bought a 32-gigabyte SD card right there, and uh, that, that costs like what, 20 bucks. I think I think I'm just making more of a profit on it than anything else. It's that, supposed to be, that is. Yeah, it's supposed to be like an Apple's premium design, you know. It's an aluminum unibody, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, Apple did this! I must do this too." <laughs> so that's just me. I, I want to be able to remove that stuff. Oh wow! So so what, what do you think, Phil, about, about this uh, Galaxy S6? Is, is this a phone for you? Is this your next phone? Well, as you know, I've been having issues with Galaxy. And uh, I didn't know you could take the back off one of these. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, okay. so you've seen it first, guys. Phil just realized he can take the back off a Galaxy S5. There's That's two types of people in this world. <laughs> that is one long battery, guys. Take a look at that thing. You know? In all seriousness, um, you talk about um, the batteries and how they die off, but I've yet to have an Android-supported device that would last long enough to have the battery be the problem in the first place. Well, it's so, true. Sometimes yeah. they're good, sometimes they're bad. I've had phones where the battery is garbage. So let's say you get an Apple phone, and the battery is some garbage, but the rest of the phone's good. So what do you do? You can't replace the battery. you got to take it to the, app, uh, the Apple store and say, oh, bad battery. You either get, A, a new phone, or, B, they try to replace the battery. Ah, gotcha. So, so it's just, yeah. instead of doing that whole lengthy process of having to go to the store, then wait, and then, then finally getting it, it might work. You go into Amazon, you spend what fifteen dollars, and then you get a brand new one. In fact, you can get two. You can put it right in your wallet. So if your phone, if your battery dies, just pop another one in. Where does, my, uh, where does my storage go? I don't see the extra uh, option for uh, memory. That's you should have something that looks like this. There's your uh, SIM card and there's your SD card. Yeah, see, it doesn't have that here. It's just kind of is, is that well, your battery possibly? Oh, let's, let's, let's take a field no, trip. No. <laughs> Go to the top. Go to the top of the battery. Let me see it again. Oh, it's under the SIM card. That's kind of nifty. Like yeah, that's right there. Oh, okay. okay, cool. All right, once again, I, 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 I learn something every day, right? Yeah. All right. So, so your phone has a capacity of 128 gigabytes extra external with the S5. Uh, you seem to not even use any external memory at all. Is that... So I'm guessing uh, Galaxy S6 with, with fixed storage and 
Not removable back plate would, would be fine for you, Phil. I'm guessing, Phil. Absolutely. I mean, see, it wouldn't be good for me though, yeah. because I'm always shooting, I'm always recording, I'm always importing vines and music and stuff like that. I have to have it. In fact, I ran out of my memory, and I kind of needed it at a very, very important time. Oh. Someone broke into our house, and I was recording it, and it stopped recording. And I was like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's something pretty critical. Yeah, see, see critical me personally, time. I, I, I don't see a need. Um. For a phone for a removable back, if I can, if there's other ways for me to add expandable storage. Now, granted, I but if you know how I operate, majority of my data and information is in the cloud. I don't use, I don't have a, a really big need for physical storage. Um, I, I think 32 gigs is fine for me. I do have a OnePlus 164 gigabyte, and that's more than enough for me. I don't need external storage just for this because. At you know, at 350 unlocked, uh, I you know I think storage prices was great for here. Even with the Nexus 9, 32 gigabytes is fine for me. Um, I don't really use that. I don't do too much to where I need extra storage. And I have about uh, I think about a terabyte of Google Cloud storage available to me. So now one thing I don't understand why phone companies haven't done this yet. Why don't they dedicate one segment of the uh, on the hard drive or do design some sort of different hard drive where it holds just the OS? It makes that boot a lot faster. Like for example, my computer that we uh, that I just built, it's not the OS isn't on the uh, old traditional hard uh, hard drive. It's on a M.2. It's on the right on attached to the motherboard. And so when you go to boot it up, it boots this fast because it's much faster than a regular uh, uh, what's the word a regular hard drive. But it's even faster than one of those uh, S HDD. So yeah. Um, so so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you have um, in case you guys are looking right now you guys don't know, Grow uh, Grant's trying to say because uh, <laughs> he's tired <laughs> is that he has the he has the hard he has the operating system partition on a solid state um, yeah, and solid, solid state on his, directly on his motherboard and not on a traditional hard drive so it's not sharing space know, basically it's right. like his own dedicated memory it only has like uh, sixty gigabytes on it and that's just enough to hold the operating system for the computer to work. If you just do that, and then the actual hardware and the way it communicates with the motherboard and the rest of the phone, it can be so much faster. I don't understand why they don't do that. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, though, is that is there a type of storage that's faster right now that we could be using besides flash memory that's ready in phones? I'm not sure. Um, so I, I don't know if that's something that we could do now. My thing is, that will we really want slower storage for data when it comes to applications and things? I'm sure... A lot of us like fast apps, so I don't. I don't think that would be a solution right now, just with how the, the technology and the market is. But possibly in the near future, as technology storages, you know, become to advance, where you can have a faster type of flash storage, where you can do that, and then have on the, on the turn side have an internal storage with you know 128 gigabytes at, at a lower cost. That sounds cool. Um, but I feel like right now the technology is not there, and if it is there, they're obviously not going to do it for you know. Financial reasons, of course, they're trying to get a bigger profit. Just like you said earlier, with Samsung and the and Apple, how they yeah. dollars for an extra thirty-two gigabytes. You know, that sounds that sounds pretty bad. But and since we're talking about the phones, let me uh, jump right to the camera part on the cell phones. That's oh, the next on the list. Ooh, oh, the next on the list. All right. So, um, cell phone cameras. How important are they? And will they stop you from buying a point-and-shoot camera or a DSLR? Um. Yeah. Before I say anything, I want to hear Phil's opinions on this, and then and then okay. Yeah, because Phil's our he's our he's our average Joe here. 
So okay. you can go ahead and tell us, like, how important are cell phone cameras for you? I am the average Joe, but I did work at a, uh, a flagship uh, electronics company that shall remain nameless that sold both cell phones and the DSLR cameras. And about a year and a half ago, most of the DSLRs got clearanced out because no one was buying them anymore. Um, so I personally think everyone wants to do everything with one of these. So if you have some type of uh, something that's competitive, they would take a loss at whatever the better you know process is with the, the dedicated camera for sure, just because people want to do everything with this thing. You know? So yeah. So you're saying you're saying it's DSLR cameras and point and shoots are, are going to die off to the cell phone. Uh, yes, because I think a lot, and out, outside of technology um, alone, like things have fallen off to this. Scales, um, thermometers, <laughs> there's no limit to what these things are killing. So a camera, which it already has a decent one of, I, I think that's uh, pretty simple. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to agree with you. What do you think here, uh, Grant? You want my opinion first, or you want me to go last? No, you, you go ahead and hit me, man. All right, so... After, like, because I'm in a TV studio and I have to learn about all the electronics and how they work and all that sort of cool technical stuff, I realized uh, I'm not getting the cool quality look of a movie that I actually want it to look like. I'm watching these other videos, I'm like, how are they making it look like this? It looks so good. And there's a lot of key factors that come into play here, especially when it comes to hardware. These tiny phones, these cameras, because they're so small, the sensors are really tiny. They can only pick up so much light. The DSLRs, their sensors are huge. In fact, they're, they're kind of like the size of this camera screen here. That's how big those sensors are behind that lens. And so they can pick up so much more light. The only problem I have with the uh, cameras on the phones is because the sensors are so small, you can only do so much. And the camera quality still looks like it's from a phone. And then there's this whole megapixel race where, oh, we got 28 megapixels. Oh, we got 30. Oh, we got 40. That only matters to a certain extent. Your eyes can only just decipher like something like 20 or something like that. And then when you're posting on billboards, when you stretch out the image really far, then yeah, that matters. But when you're doing stuff where just average point and shoot, you really only need about 15 or more. That, 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 that's pushing it. What really matters is the sensor size. they got to do something where they increase the sensor size on the camera. You know what? That, and that, that's actually a really good point. Cause that's kind of, see, I'm kind of right in the middle with, with both of you guys here because... And one, on one hand, I feel like people want to be want to carry one device. I do feel like we're in a stage we're doing this, we're in a stage in life where one device, if it's your phone, if it's your tablet, I hate tablet photography. I just want to point that out there. But if it's your phone or your tablet, whatever you carry with you, you know that's that's going to be what you want to take your photos with or whatever you want to do. Like Phil said, your your thermometer. At one point, I'm sure we're going to be able to check blood pressure and everything right from your phone. So, um, with with how technology is going now, on the flip side is. I I am somebody who likes image quality. I like um, that's why I chose to go with the One Plus One um, because I I like a good camera on a phone, and this has a six lens ISO cell um, camera, and being able to get macro shots and things like that are really important to me. But when it comes down to pixels, I feel like like you said, it's not necessarily about the image uh, megapixel count, but the size of the of the lens itself. So I feel like there needs to be a good balance. I mean, you know, um, yes, if, I don't want to go too technical in the mumbo jumbo about apertures and things like that, but if maybe the next couple of years, I've seen some phones, you know, over the last year or two that that's looking like we're going to be there soon, like the Lumia, 
I think it's a Lumia 920. Yep. It has the, the 41 megapixel with the wide ISOs, um, ISO lens. Um, it's, it's funny, like not really that much of the Android phones, but the, uh, the iPhone 6 Plus has a pretty wide aperture um, and allows you to take in more lights. Um, that has an 8-megapixel camera, and that still looks pretty good. So the Nexus 6 has a pretty decent lens on there um, from what I've seen. You know, it, it's we're getting there, I feel like, but I don't feel like we're there yet. So I, do I say... <laughs> what do you got there, Phil? Is that a mirrorless DSLR? Uh, we have uh, a camera. I just remember that I had just in this conversation. Uh, <laughs> 14 megapixels. 24 something wide. This is what I have. Is there, there a, yeah, and I was doing some research because I actually want to get a DSLR. We just finished, literally just finished shooting a movie that we're submitting to a film festival. Uh, we want another one for $1,000. And I was like, wow, this is great. So let's enter another one. And we're, I was using this guy's camera. It's one of those old traditional, uh, basically looks like his, but it has a really long cylindrical part of it, mm-hmm. regular, uh, like a regular DSLR. And another thing that we're missing with these phones is the manual focus. I mean, you can tap where you want it to focus and everything, but it's, yeah. not, it's not like the traditional slow focus or fast focus, however you want it. Uh, in addition to the sensor size, they got to do something about the sensor size. Because he, he uh, that's just one thing that bothers me to no end. Because the low light shots, no matter what kind of programming you can do to the phone, it still can only pick up so much light. Right. So exactly. So I mean, here's what here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to see, because uh, Samsung is saying that their Galaxy S6 is going to be a really big player in the camera, um, come the camera market. The new HTC M9, which we'll talk about next week. Um, that's going to have a lot of, um, of camera features that, that, that should be coming out with them. And, you know, LG had something pretty good last year. They had laser autofocus in their camera. So we'll see what, the, what we get from them this year. Um, you know, and, of course, Apple, they're saying they're claiming that their next iPhone is going to be DSR-like quality sensors um, mm-hmm. or at least image processing, they said. Uh, so we'll see how, how that turns out here. Um... So let's let's go let's go down the run list here. We'll see what we're doing good for time on today. Um, how thin are phones? Oh, and that's something I just added real thinness. quick. So right, so that, that's actually really great. Here's my question to you: Is a thinner phone always better to you, or would you rather have a phone that's maybe twice as thick and has twice the power and twice the battery life? That's that is a good question. That's good. To be honest, I that that is really tough because I have a pretty thin phone now with the One Plus One. Um, what it what is it? Can it be thinner? When I when I want it to be thinner, if it's if I meant sacrificing some of the things that I like about it, no, I don't really care if it was thinner. Um, yeah. I, I would actually prefer a little thicker. Um, the screen maybe some extra battery life in there, maybe optical stabilization for the camera, but I don't think that I want it to be too thick because I've seen some of the phone this phone from CES um is coming out this year. I hate, I forget the name. It's like this Cygos or Cygos. If I'm, if I'm butchering the name, guys, and you guys know out there, leave it in the comments below because I'm sorry, I'm, I'm butchering this. But he's tired. <laughs> I think I, I think it's a Cygos V2. This phone is like has like top of the line specs, like 21 megapixel optical image lights, stabilized camera. 21. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the five. A five or a five? Was it a five or eight megapixel camera up front? That oh, also nice. has that also has optical image stabilization in the front of the phone. Oh, has nice. a big, thick battery, and it has two SD card slots for the ability to add up to 200 
no, 320 um, gigabytes of phone storage internally. That's nice. And, and it's, the phone is like 599 unlocked. It's super cool. The, it's just ugly. It's so thick and it's ugly, and I, I cannot buy it. I, I, I hate to say it. It's, it sounds like the dream phone, but... I think it's one are, of those instances where bigger is not better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, like, there come, there, there's a certain elegance to having a, a smartphone with you. It, yeah. shouldn't be cum- it shouldn't be cumbersome. Yeah. You know? And I feel like my phone that thick. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, here's my take on it. Something like this size of the camera, personally, I would not mind something this thick. I mean, it's that's really not too thick to me because when you have something this thin... Every commercial I'm seeing for a phone now, whether it's the new uh, the new iPhone or the new Samsung Galaxy phone, they're always rushing the th- like the thinness, how thin it is. Like, oh, it's uh, 0.2 millimeters thinner than the last version. Like, I don't care. That now you have to sacrifice more hardware to just make up for it being like a couple millimeters thinner. You know, if you could, I wouldn't even care if you tripled the size like of the phone this thin, because I can still put it in my pocket. Now I have almost three times the battery life. I might put some dual speakers in there, a better camera. You can just do more stuff with it. I don't want it to be like the size of a brick, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna go to the point where the phone's gonna get so thin it's gonna be like paper. You know? I don't necessarily yeah. like that. It's not my. It's not for me. Just keep the phone the way it is, and then start making it better this way. What's your take on this, Phil? Thinner or bigger? I am always going to be for the thinner. Um, just, I'm not even sure why. Uh, I took a look at um, my phone compared to the Nexus uh, 5, because that's what the comparison for me was. And this phone happened to be slightly thinner, and that helped me get that past that uh, decision for those. Um, also, I think I'm just geared to think that thinner is better even if it's not. So it's, it's just hypnosis, I think, honestly. It's like, why is this phone so thick? You know? It's supposed to be like the whole elegance and the premium feel of the phones because they're yeah. a lot thinner. You know? yep. Now, uh, see, that comes with the thing also. It's because it's thin mean premium. I feel like you can make a phone thicker and make it look better. It also, you know, because I say, now the Sigus V2, that phone is just way too thick. I don't I don't care what anyone says. It, it's, it's, it's too chunky. And it's yet it's still skinnier than that uh, camera you picked up. And that's just for me. But... There are some phones like this, the, the blue Vivo Air um, you can get from Amazon for like 199 unlocked and the iPhone 6 and some other phone from Oppo that's like really, really thin, like six-something millimeters. And that's – I feel like when I held them, I held, I had the, the blue Vivo Air and I held the iPhone 6, um, and it, it's too thin. I feel like it, – and it's so thin that it makes it slightly uncomfortable to hold. Yeah. And so – you know, mm-hmm. now I'm a case person, so yes, I'll put a case on there anyway, and it'll and it'll feel fine. But just the way that the phone was designed, I feel like at that thinness, I was it was too much of a sacrifice and uncomfortable for me to justify being any, you know, uh, being that thin. Also, that when it comes to when it comes to something like that thin, what does that say about the durability? I mean, you hear about all the Bengate things with the iPhone 6 Plus. I mean, if they made it just a little bit thicker, you know, that's that's more metal in it. That's a little bit more reinforcement. It doesn't have to be a couple millimeters thinner. Just, just I swear, say stop making it so thin. This is a good starting point. Just make the phones better from here. You don't have to make it thinner. So I'm actually gonna go, go ahead and throw this in the chat for you guys to see. This is the Zygus, a Zygus V2, 
Uh, and Grant, you can go ahead and throw that, throw that on the screen for us to see here. Yeah. You guys see it? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So this the Zygus phone here. You see here, you know, like what it has: five-inch 1080p display, uh, edge-to-edge borderless screen. Oh, that's cool. The sunlight viewable screen. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, Gorilla Glass Four, so very durable. That's the one oh. thing I don't like about Samsung is the uh, AMOLED and how it uh, features in the sun. I can't see it. Oh yeah, AMOLED's really bad in the sun. I, I take IPS for for sun. What do I have? What do I have? You have you have the you have the Galaxy S5, so you have the AMOLED display. Yeah. Uh, well, when you just turn the brightness up, and it's fine. What are we talking about here, guys? I mean, yeah, it's all the way up. Turn the brightness up all the way up is killing batteries. Really worth it. I mean, I mean, are you just hanging out outside all day? No, we're we're people. We go indoors. We walk outside and get to a place. You know, thirteen megapixel front face. I was so off. Thirteen megapixel front facing camera with OIS and autofocus. Wow. Uh, so yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And a hardware camera shutter button. Now that, that's, that's something I wish they included because not if they keep pushing that button on the screen. You know, that I guess it's a little bit old. I want some tactile feedback when I press a camera button. Oh, wow. I miss having a camera button to actually press. Even do a selfie with the. Uh, the front-facing camera, you know what I mean? But you can turn it around and you don't have to press the screen. You know what? I think I might take back some of my things. Because not only is it GSM, it's also CDMA network capable. So that means you can get it on Verizon and Sprint as well as T-Mobile and AT&T. So. Oh, here's another thing that keeps confusing me. They have IR transmitters. Why don't they have IR receivers? See that? Why doesn't that mean any phones have an IR receiver as well? well IR means what? Does he look how it's an infrared transmitter so you can like, tr control your TV and all that stuff? And fight Superman, apparently, yes. I don't know what IR and all this fancy <laughs> stuff. Infrared, <laughs> heat vision, you know. Totally infrared bad. transmitter as in that's what your TV remote uses. Oh. You press oh, the power wow. button on your TV remote, that's what uh, it sends an infrared wave to your TV. Okay. And but your S5 also has an infrared transmitter, so you can control your TV with your phone as a remote. But see, my question is, why don't they also include a receiver for their IR receiver uh, transmitter? So, can you imagine the kind of apps you can build? You can be like communicating with someone across the room without having to have a, a network or a Wi-Fi connection. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually pretty sweet, man. I don't understand why people don't do that. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Hey, there we now, go. That's what I like to see. 3.0 USB. Oh, that's actually pretty sweet. Wow. Well, no, not, not that much looking at this now. I'm just seeing a lot more things I actually did not see here. This is um, like everything that everyone wants. Built-in stereo speakers, a huge battery, wireless yeah, huge charging. Battery. Yeah, and then, my thing is, like, go back to the storage options again so you can see the storage options. So you get 64 gigabytes onboard storage. Where, where is it? Uh, memory. What memory? Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> So three gigabytes of RAM, sixty-four gigabytes of onboard flash storage, with duo micro SDXC uh, slot. So you can add a two hundred and fifty-six gig each, or is that one twenty-eight gig each? I'm sure that's, it's one twenty-eight each. Yeah. So SD cards, wow. SD cards can only hold up Wow, well, I'll tell you that right now. That that that's actually pretty tempting. But let's take a look at the phone again. So let's look at this phone, how it looks, and look at how thick that is. No, nope, can't do it. No, oh, well, I tried. Hold on, how thick is this? Nine point seven millimeters. I got a tape measure right here. <laughs> oh man, I could do that. 
I can still do that. You can do that for Yes. That is no big deal. Why don't you go uh, go up and uh, show us how, how, how big that is. Yeah. So we can get a see here. Get a look-sees. Uh, what? Where 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 are you indicating? That's at. Yeah, where, where, where's the indication at? Hold on. Hold on, you can't see it in there. No, we cannot see it. You know, you're, you're it too blurry? blurry. Yeah, it's too blurry. Oh. Why don't you put the finger on it so we can so we can, so we can see? Hold up, wait a minute. Uh, I kind of like this. It's kind of thick. That's one of the things I have to feel and hold. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure once once I get my hands on it, I may have a different opinion on it. But as of right now, it's it's just too thick. It seems too thick for me. Um, so uh, while we're on the topic of CDMA networks, let's go ahead and wrap up some of this uh, mobile tech talk about. Some big news in the mobile industry. Um, T-Mobile has now taken third place as the third largest wireless provider in the United States, um, surpassing Sprint just the other day. Um, is, what, what's going on, guys, and what do you feel like Sprint is doing to get this uh, to get to get this game back into third place? Do you feel like Sprint is going to Try to make a big pushback in the third place, in the third place, or you think T-Mobile is going to be sitting there for a while as the king of the third? Hmm. So I want to hear your opinion first. Okay, that's great. Uh, well, first of all, where I live, I kind of forget that Sprint and AT&T exist. It seems like everyone either has Verizon or they have T-Mobile. Um, so I don't really have a lot to say about these guys squabbling for their their, their third position, I guess. Um, I think they all like with their competition, like with any industry, they're gonna like strengthen each other with the with the competition. But at the same time, where I live, uh, both. I mean, I thought T-Mobile was already number two. So. Oh, all right, all right. See, and I, I'm here with you. I have T-Mobile also, and you know, um, I had I had AT&T, I had Sprint, I've had Verizon. Um, granted, very very long uh, periods of time where I've had each services. Um. But as of right now, T-Mobile's been great. I, you know, I rarely find a place where I don't get coverage. Um, LT speeds are just ridiculously fast. Mm. But um, I, Verizon, not Verizon, I'm Sprint. I, I feel like you know when it comes to quality service, I feel like range they may have some areas covered where T-Mobile doesn't currently have covered. Um, but T-Mobile is doing really good, and and I feel like their coverage and there's data connection and their voiceover speeds are much much more quality compared to Sprint, and I feel like the what the plans that they offer, like the no carrier contract thing, you know, you can get uh you know unlimited data, text messaging, talking, hotspot, and all that jazz for like 50, 60 bucks. I, I'm I'm telling you, it, there's kind of no way at this point for me to think see anytime soon that Sprint's gonna make a pushback. Um. Before, well, they, they may have uh, something that can win over if you're an Apple fan, but we'll talk about that in a second. Grant, what do you think about this? Well, to be honest, I've only had Verizon as a carrier for a long time. Uh, very recently, we were looking into switching to 
they've been to different companies just because of the price. You know, T-Mobile, I'm kind of surprised that it was third. I thought it was more dominant, like fifth and sixth. <laughs> like, to be honest, it's because everyone at my school, you know, either has Verizon or the complete way opposite, where they're like, they have track phones and flip phones. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's like the, the diversity we have in our school. So, my experience with Verizon, yeah, I don't like how they roll out the updates really slow. But it seems like every other carrier has it right as soon as the uh, people like Android release their operating system, or like when Samsung releases their new software. You know, it takes Verizon forever to take for uh, for them to get it. T-Mobile, I think will stay a third. And the reason I say that is because of all of the advertisements they show, that one lady on the motorcycle. The, uh, the numerous amount of commercials that they have promoting T-Mobile, I still see it with Sprint as much. I think they're really trying to keep themselves steady at third. I think with all their price ranges and contracts they have, I think Sprint will stay down there at fourth or even lower. So so that, that brings me into the next topic is, you know, Sprint has this trump card calling it iPhone or Apple for life. Saying that you can get an iPad or an iPhone for a set for like a low price of like a hundred dollars a month or something like that, and you can be guaranteed the newest version whenever it comes out if you sign a contract with Sprint. Um, what, what do you guys think about this uh, Sprint Apple for Life plan? Is is it something that may entice you if you weren't uh, looking to get into an Apple device, or if you're looking to get into a phone carrier and you're maybe right you know out of college or right getting into college and looking to you know, get yourself an, an iPhone, or if you're looking to get yourself a smartphone in general, is $100 for an iPad and an iPhone for, per month something that may lock you in a Sprint and push Sprint into third place? Well, you already know I'm out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, wouldn't, you, you couldn't pay me to get an, like an Apple device. <laughs> well, well, how about this? If you were to pretend to be a Apple user... Uh. Could would would this be big for you? Would this be good for you? Uh, honestly, doing the math, not really. It's they were charging around seventy dollars a month. I think it was like fifty of it was going towards the new phone, the twenty and was going towards the unlimited talk and text. The numbers, you know, they, they vary, but it was it was seventy dollars a month for paying off the phone and using the data and texting and voice. Honestly, I'm not so sure how much you'd save, if any. $70 a month is way, way more than what I already pay. Uh, if I just wanted the new phone, I'd save up for it. Really now, now they also have the, the iPad. The iPad, also, if you add the iPad, it's, it's even 100 for the month. What about that? Well, that's $30 more a month, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, what's the iPad? Um, I think the iPad is like... I think you're... Oh God, I think it's like... They give you an iPad Air 2 or AirPod 1, and they give you an iPad Mini, or you can choose between an iPad Mini uh, 2. So it's like, I, I think the price of the of the iPad itself is like 2.99 for the Air for for the Mini and 3.99 for the Air. Well, then do this: do 30 times 12. You're paying additional 30 for 12 months. That's uh 360 dollars. So that's already exceeded the price of the iPad. How does that make sense? You know. Hmm. And, I and think it's definitely worth it. This is why. So I have the S5, and with how it with T-Mobile, I pay monthly for the phone. 
and the unlimited data and everything else. And I don't know. It comes to being like $100, you know, not to mention with the way Jump works now. I can't shift to a different phone until I pay off half of the phone price plus right. the tax on the new phone. So a flat $70 a month with everything being unlimited and me getting a phone every year, if I was trying to get an iPhone, that would that, that would that would seal the deal right then. So, I mean, so if you were an iPhone, you just receive it now. Now, granted, you also have to be in contract, and it's and I think the penalty is like $700 plus the price of the devices yeah. um, for the cancellation. But you you be locked in for this for at least two to three years, they said. Okay, well I would take a look at this. Why? What are the main reasons people cancel? They're unhappy with their service, or they want to change a phone. Um, if Sprint, I, I haven't had Sprint in many years, but if their service is on point, that handles the, the wanting to leave because of coverage. And if you're getting the phones, that handles the other objection to wanting to leave a contract. So with those two things being met, I would have no problem being locked in with them because my needs would be met. Now, so would you say it's a regional thing? Because I'll say where I'm at now, Sprint coverage is decent. Now, data speeds are pretty bad. And I feel like if I'm carrying an iPad and I'm carrying an iPhone, um, if they're my daily drivers, my data has to be fast. I mean, you're, we're on these devices predominantly for Internet. Um, you know, is slow speeds but mass coverage worth it um, for both devices for you for at $100 a month? Well, we've talked about this before. Um, I don't know the exact specifics, but I do have uh, Verizon Fios here. It's the slowest possible that they have to offer, and it's fine for all my needs. We're doing this. I play my Xbox, my Xbox One. I have no issue with the speeds on my end because I'm a more simple person, yet you are the guy that needs the, the speed. So honestly, for me, I may not notice that, that, that uh, gap, and I would be fine more than likely. All right, all right. So, so Grant, does it change your opinion at all? Do you, do you feel, you know, firm on on uh, not worth it? Well, I was looking at it from my point of view. I don't like being dedicated to a contract for mm -hmm. especially that long period of time. When it comes to something like Verizon, you can buy a phone and you're paying for the phone's contract for two years. You're paying for the service for two years, not the phone. So, if something happens to this phone, or I just I, I figure out, you know, Touchwiz sucks. I don't want to use this phone anymore. I can use a different phone, but I'm also sure you can do that with this program. If I uh, if I end up hating Apple like I already mm. do, I'd be like, oh man, I'm stuck with this iPhone forever. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? And and you know, and, and that's kind of where where I feel right now. I I feel like because I like I'm not someone that that can solely be dedicated to one operating system. Right. And, and my thing is that if you look at the stipulations of that plan. No, you cannot switch to another phone, even for the same pricing. You know, even if it was a phone that costs less, you still have to ha has to be an iPhone. So I can move down to like an iPhone 5s or something, but I can't move down to like an HTC, a Nexus, or um, you know, a uh, Samsung device or anything else like that. So I, I feel like I feel like the pricing is perfect. I feel like if they offered this for a tablet and a phone of your choice, this probably work out great. For them, but uh, by, limited, by limiting it to Android, to Apple devices, if if you limit to your customers that you're going to get, because now you you're only going to get Apple uh, diehards. Um, yeah, that's Which is fine for a lot of people. Yeah, that's but, a big group too. I mean, they're smart for doing just Apple. I'm, I'll give credit where credit is due because 
Apple has pretty much their own fan base, whether the product is good or not. That's up for debate. I'm not getting there, but it's just Apple has their own fan base, Android has their own fan base, and Apple seems to be more stable, more, uh, oh, more stubborn, I guess. Mm. And by going after Apple, that's a huge, huge group to go after, and that's kind of giving Sprint more of like a premium or more uh, official feel, I guess. Right, and you know, like I said, like, I, I agree with that, but. I do feel like by limiting yourself, even to even if a group of elitists, right? You can say they're Apple elitists, right? Is that if I'm an Apple elitist and I want the best of the best, is that really the best of the best plan for me? Well, when I can go to AT&T, Sprint, or T-Mobile get some other feature that I need for my iPhone, like T-Mobile has the Wi-Fi talking, so you can talk over a Wi-Fi network um, for free. Um, that seems pretty cool. Um, if you have an iPhone. Or you can go with the Verizon that gives you the fastest coverage and data speeds currently for an iPhone, which I will pay more for. But if I'm already expecting the best, if I'm paying for the most premium device, then I would, I, I would assume that I would go that direction as well. So but those are really good points, though, guys. And that actually, um, we're actually going to take a quick break here, a uh, quick ad break, and uh, we'll be back for uh, the next part of our topic. Stay tuned. And we're back, and uh, let's talk about some uh, some some pretty interesting news in the entertainment industry. And um, this is actually some exciting news for myself, for one, because this can I gotta make sure you guys keep me on track on this, because I can talk about this forever. But um, the big news is that Spider-Man or Sony has allowed Spider-Man to join the official Marvel universe, so we, we can start seeing. Marvel movies now with Spider-Man, so we can have some real Avengers movies now um, with, with Spider-Man. Hopefully soon with X-Men too, but uh, for now we'll take what we can get. So, uh, Phil, you're 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 my you're my comic dude, man. So what's what's going on, man? What's what's happening? This this is big news or what? It is big news, but it's also like it's unacceptable that it wasn't already a thing. <laughs> the way that all of these uh, comics, the comic lines work now. They're all working together. So these movies have been basically massively handicapped by not having Spider-Man and other people already involved with them. So it's great news, but it's something we should have long had. Now, obviously, I'm happy that something we can finally get going. Um, but it will definitely change things. What about you, Grant? Are you, are you big into the Marvel scene? You know what? I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like I'm like it seems like I'm on, I'm that guy a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna step out on this one just because I feel like this is not my field. I want Javon to give his opinion on this. Well, if you want my opinion, I like I said, this this is huge news. Um, I'm someone. I'm, I, I, well, first of all, I'm gonna get this out the This is this is my spoiler. I don't know why I picked this up for. This is my my disclaimer. I like DC Comics more than I like Marvel Comics. I, we have one viewer. Please don't leave because I like the comics. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, but I I love DC comics. They're, Superman, Batman, The Flash. You know, Slade Wilson. I love it. Now, granted, I I also like Marvel. It's a very very close second. Like Deadpool seals the deal for me. You know what I'm saying? And Deadpool should be should be an exclusive. I feel like they should move Deadpool over to DC and everything would be perfect. But um. I, I like Marvel, and I like the love what they're doing in the movie industry. DC owns television. Um, Marvel owns movies, and I'm telling you right now, 
seeing a Spider-Man reboot may correctly and now at the end of the scene, instead of waiting for a Sinister Four or whatever at the end, we're actually going to see some Tony Stark interactions, some mm-hmm. Iron Man, some, you know, some Thor stuff. That's going to be pretty cool to see. And I also want to see how they depict Spider-Man compared to how Sony just pick, depicted Spider-Man. Yeah. Because Spider-Man is supposed to be a goofy character. He's supposed to be lots of fun, super smart, um, taking risks, things like that. And that's something that um, you say flicking wrists? I'm going to say taking wrists. <laughs> taking wrists. <laughs> right. And that's something that I haven't seen before with um, with Sony Spider-Man. Even with the Amazing Spider-Man, he really didn't fill that void for me. And then the Spider-Man before, like in the 2000s, uh, with Spider-Man's all emo, and he had his hair you know, back to the side. That's not Spider-Man that I'm, I'm familiar with. Waking up in the morning uh, watching... Fox and you know you know especially the Spider Man if they're Spider Man you know what I'm saying those type of things that that's what means a lot to me so okay. I want to see Spider Man done right so one thing I'm gonna to have to say about what you're looking for for Spider Man is these guys are constantly changing you know they go through different reboots again and again you know you've had the nerdy Pete you've had the sporty Pete you've had the sporty and nerdy Pete and so basically the movie representations are gonna be the tone of what is most accepted or wanted from him. So it's like your Spider-Man needs updating, Ron, because they did a good job at giving us what people want. Did I like it myself? No. And The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, but with all comics, you, you have to take a look at, I mean, 70 years of, of writing, you know, there's going to be differences. So it's the, it's the movies, uh, the producers, to just get what's going to get them the most money. And what's the most popular one for the for the target of the films, for the most part? So, I'm sorry if it's not the nostalgia of 1995 with the animated show, which in that show they couldn't even throw punches, Javon. You know, I'm sorry if that's not working out for you. So, oh, that's just sick. Yep. And then that's a real fact. If you go back and watch those uh, those uh, the, the animated series, there's not a single punch thrown. He jumps at people and they wrestle on the ground, roll, and then one of them falls down. But. Well, how about this? So, so if you're saying what's acceptable now when it comes to Spider-Man, are we talking about Spider-Man, like Miles? What, what, what is his name? Morales Miles, the the Black Asian Spider-Man. Okay, I, I don't know how many times I have to explain this to you. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> that is not canon Spider-Man. It's a spin-off, or maybe just consider a what-if universe. Okay. Because hey, hey. They they coexist in the same universe. Last no, night, okay, no, it's okay. I don't. Oh no. I feel, okay, I feel a huge debate okay. going on. Okay, it's, it's, Grant, it's, it's not even a debate because in the world where you have Pete dying and that other guy becoming Spider-Man, you have Pete joining the Future Foundation, which is the Fantastic Four. It's an offshoot. It's just like when you told me that there was a Black Flash, and that was just complete for hogwash. It's not the same thing. There's okay? a black flag. That's it. That's it. And but but it goes to okay. So but even in the world where this um, half this multiracial Spider-Man existed, once again that's more variation. So that's just another thing for the studio guys to to put into their 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 routine. Oh. Right, well, let's let's trickle away from this conversation of Spider-Man. Let's do something where we talk uh, to our next subject. Well, next subject actually goes into uh, to more Marvel news. Oh, great! And that, and that is that is 
one of this is kind of late news, but I wanted to make sure we talked about it um, for a very diverse audience, and that is we're talking about the one and only, the super fantastic female Thor. Will we will we be seeing a female Thor in theaters anytime soon? No, we won't. And 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 why is that? What? Okay, uh, Grant, do you are you aware that there is a hero named Thor in the Marvel Universe? Are you Yo, aware of this? Okay, look, I'm not dumb. I, I've seen <laughs> okay. the Avengers, right? Okay. I just I'm not a big fan of this. I know okay. of it. The reason why I don't oh, think sneak this me. Look at you. <laughs> I just you know, you're always that guy that says I hate to be that guy. But, you, know, the, you know, it's, it's like it's like when we're talking about this, it's like me with all the tech stuff. So I just have to make cover all my bases with you. But the the reason why we won't see a female Thor, in my opinion, is because the female, the female Thor herself wasn't even a female Thor, because Thor is a name for a particular Asgardian who wields Mjolnir, not like um, the Falcon becoming Captain America, because that's a title. And so I don't think they would put all their money to make a, an entire production on something that is going to be so short-lived. I mean, come on. It's, it's like with the Wonder Woman TV show. I mean, Wonder Woman is probably one of the most recognizable and loved female superheroes of all time, and that could barely get to to, to Fox. Do you really think they're going to do a female Thor movie from Universal Studios? Now, I mean, that's the thing, though, that it's because it's Universal Studios. I feel like if anyone can push it, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be Disney, man. What the, what they've been doing with the movies lately has it's been crazy, you know. Um, it just makes sense that uh, that if if anyone's going to push a series female character reboot of a already famous character, it's going to be Disney and what they're doing with Thor. I mean, look at the Thor movies now. The Thor movies are selling, uh, you know, great. So to see a female Thor reboot maybe in the Avengers 3 or 4 or something, that could be that could be huge. And I feel like maybe it's maybe it's time. I don't know. They're, they're already doing the remake of uh, what, what, what is his name? Um, uh, Johnny Torch. He's now, now he's now a black character as well. I, I think that's pretty cool having a black Johnny Torch. So I mean, and that's already happening. Is that how it happened in the comics, though? No, in the comics, Johnny Torch is white. Well, then in the comics, ninety-nine percent of all superheroes are white. So, but I haven't taken note of that. My question to you is: Is it actually Johnny Storm, or is it just another person who is going to be the Human Torch for this movie? Now it is. It is Johnny Storm. You know. Okay. And, well, my well, my question to you is but, so. Here's the ironic part, though. Remember, because the character are, are formerly playing Johnny Storm is now playing Captain America, so we couldn't have him come back anyways. But they could have recasted another white actor no, but, to be Johnny Storm. So it just like uh, it just goes to other other connections though. Sue Storm is they didn't change her to an African American. So are they no longer siblings? It it creates some issues that I'm gonna have to take a look. at. Yeah, um, it's a, uh, it's uh, the same situation uh, with um. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank here. With uh, I haven't watched any of Gotham yet. You know, I, shame on me for not watching Gotham or the or the or, or the Flash movie. Right? Whoa, whoa! You haven't watched Flash I mean, yet? I mean, other Flash. I haven't seen either of these. But no, but, see, I, I haven't but, seen Gotham yet either. I, I'm very skeptical holding back okay. on Gotham, but Flash okay. is great. But it's the amazing. reason I the reason I quickly bring it up is I heard that. Um, Iris is not um, Barry's love interest, and I'm like, I'm sorry. What? I'm not, I don't want to spoil you, but without any major spoilers, 
And that is not completely that's not completely true. They're doing Okay. Okay. They're, they're going they're going the Smallville route. Remember how Smallville kind of kind of okay. Things? Yeah, right. they're going the Smallville okay. route. Like Smallville. Okay. I understand. Alright. So um that's pretty much it. And if you have anything to add to, add to this, uh, Grant? <laughs> so, I mean, with, without being all those that, jokes I just send you. Yeah, without, without being that guy, um, what what is your honest opinion on a on a uh, say more diverse cast of characters from formerly already white characters? Well, it reminds me of the Star Wars trailer I just saw with the uh, black stormtrooper or clone trooper. Mm-hmm. See, uh, I'm not going to be the racist guy. If I'm going to say, like, <laughs> if you're going to pull the originals. I mean, I don't know. There could have just been some black guy dressed up in a suit. I mean, that's, that's what Han Solo did, and that's what Luke Skywalker did. They just put on a suit. It wasn't mean they were stormtroopers. But if they're going for the fact that this black guy was a, uh, a clone of Jango Fett, who was mixed, how do you go from mixed to being black and I can, different? You know? I can answer that for you, sir. So it's a big misconception that clone troopers are stormtroopers. Stormtroopers are just like normal military that we have now. Hey, I, I went to go work for the Empire. I'm going to go sign up. I'm going to go through boot camp. Those are not the remnants of the Django clones. So the clone troopers are just done? Yeah, they, they die oh. off fighting in other places. But, yeah, the, the traditional stormtroopers are just basic military, like the, like the, um, the generals in, um, in the old movies. They're just regular guys that work for the Empire, opposed to clones. Yeah. That's actually really good information. I actually never knew that. I never knew that. That's actually and, really cool. Man. And it, every time I've been watching the movie, I thought it was just the clone troopers that got a different kind of different outfit, you know. But I thought it was, it was still clones of Django Fett. No, like when you take a look, well, obviously they did a patch where they put the actor who voiced Django's voice back into the old movies for for Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. But um, you'll notice that the tr- some of the clone troopers, I mean, sorry, some of the stormtroopers have different voices. They have different banter because they're different people. And it actually, Star Wars actually gets pretty deep with how actually uh, how racist that um, the Empire was. I, I'm sorry, I should say xenophobic because they would only um, <laughs> don't be politically correct. They would uh, they would only hire um, humanoids, so you wouldn't see a Wookiee stormtrooper because they they thought they were inferior. You know, now obviously uh-huh. there were exceptions for people who were strong in the Force, but uh, I'll go on later. But, but, yeah, but just it's okay to have a black stormtrooper because as long as you were humanoid, you could have become a stormtrooper. So, yeah. Well, that 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 answers that. That answers that. Unless you really good information, Phil. I would appreciate that, and I'm sure all your viewers appreciate that as well. Um, because currently we have two viewers, which is actually, yeah, we're getting up there. Just two. It's more than one, which is more than zero. Hey. So, uh, moving down on the list here, we're talking about. Health and fitness. Um, and, of course, we are chill tech, so, hey, we're bringing it back to tech, guys. Health and fitness. How can we improve health and fitness with technology today with the existing things that we like to call smart watches or wearables? Um, Grant, do you know some decent things about smart watches because you are a, or say wearables, because you are a fitness nut as well. Um, as some other people that we know. So, Tell me, how is how is wearables affected your workouts, or have you planned to use or trying to use in future wearables or fitness tech? Well, the only wearable I've ever used for fitness is the, called the Fitbit. You ever seen one of those? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. so Fitbit is basically like this square or square-ish, longish rectangular thing you can wrap around your wrist. It tracks your uh, how many steps you've taken. 
you can record like what kind of calories you've eaten. It will record your uh, activity. So if you've been lifting a lot or if you've been running a lot, it will record that into there. It will take it. It will do some mathematics and estimate how many calories you've burned. So me being a small white guy who's <laughs> trying to build more muscle, uh, since my metabolism is so fast, I can't be just running around all the time or I'll start losing weight. So using that wearable, I was able to put in how much food I was eating that day, making sure I was over my caloric intake, making sure I was eating more food than I was burning it off. And so once I was using this, I was finding it was actually useful. I just stopped doing it because you have to manually enter in the food by itself. So if you had a slice of pizza, you got to put in a slice of pizza. Then you mm. have to scroll down through the list to see what kind of pizza. Is it a cheese pizza? Is it a pepperoni pizza? Then because of those options, it has different calorie counts. And that just gets a little bit annoying. If you do something where it's like counting your blood pressure or your heart rate or something like that, then yeah, I can see that would be a lot more practical. But when you go towards the fitness side, there's some things to work out. That's just my opinion. I mean, it worked. It was just it was just a lengthy process. you got to be dedicated to do that sort of stuff. What about you, Phil? With the glorious uh, app, I'm sorry, with the glorious uh, TouchWiz, I have what we call S-Health. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, now, I, for the same reason as Grant just spoke on, I hated the calorie function because I didn't feel like entering what I was eating. But so far as the heart rate, the, the stress meter, the pedometer functions, uh, when I would actually go for my runs, it would help log my speed and my mile times. I found it very useful. The one thing I didn't like was, was the food issue. So I think it's actually really great. Hmm. And TouchWiz is the best. So. <laughs> Hmm. That was the best. Ooh. Oh wow! Shots fired. Okay, okay. That's hurtful to me and Sock Android. We'll we'll be seeing you in court there, Samsung. <laughs> Bring an apple with us. We're gonna have to destroy you. All right. So um, so uh, anything else you guys want to add on to it before I wrap it up? Before I wrap up a uh, wearable text? Hmm. Actually, yes. Flexible screens. And Flexible screens. Okay. So this is. I don't understand why people haven't invested in this technology more like Samsung has. You, have you guys seen the video of them bending the screen literally like a piece of paper? That yeah. used to be a screen that was like that? Mm, that was like ignore the that, by the way. Keynote. <laughs> <laughs> ignore that heart, by the way. Um, but I don't understand why they're, they're trying to make flexible phones. To me, we're not there yet. I think the screens are there, so take advantage of the screen. You can do something where you have a dedicated side of the phone Let's say this is your, where all your hardware is, and here's your screen. Why don't you design something where it wraps around the hardware and take advantage of something like that? Instead of the, how they currently have yeah, Instead of trying to make a flexible project. battery, a flexible processor, I mean, everything's flexible. Can you imagine a battery that bends, but then you bend it too much and it snaps and breaks mm. and juices <laughs> your skin? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Why not just take advantage of the hardware you already have, but just... Be creative. I know that's hard for Samsung to do, but be creative and make a screen that can do stuff and be useful. And and you know what? You make a great point. But I'm gonna sit here and then we'll say this. There's one reason why I have not chosen I've chosen to use wearable technology yet. And no matter it's the Android Wear, as beautiful as Android Wear devices are, the Asus Zen Watch and the Moto 360, um, Pebble. I know a lot of people use Pebble. I'm not a big fan of Pebble. Fitbit, um, and even the upcoming Apple Watch. I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna buy. It. I'm I'm somebody who who buys technology 
you know, pretty. I have, a, I have a problem. I'm just gonna say that I have a problem, okay? Yes, yes. I, I, I am aware of a problem, but I'll tell you this: I will not buy a piece of wearable technology anytime soon until they fix the biggest issue, and that's battery life. And I feel yeah. like, you know, one to two days for Android Wear, uh, one day on out the cleaning for the Apple Watch, almost a week for Pebble. That's too much for me still. And the reason why is because I feel like. If, if I have a watch, the last thing I think about is charging my watch. I charge my phone, I charge my tablet, some cases I charge my headphones. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different things I'm charging. I gotta charge my watch and... Oh, I'm gonna stop you right I... there. I'm gonna stop you right there. Just because when it gets to the, the wearables like the Apple Watch, I was watching this parody video and it just made perfect sense. He's like, you can even have maps on your phone, I mean on your watch. Kind of like the phone you already have. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and that's the thing, right? But the Apple Watch is not a standalone device. It needs an iPhone to pair with it to do all the things that he needed to do. Now, the Sony Watch currently for Android Wear at least has a built-in GPS, so you can leave your watch at home and it has built-in storage, so you can store your music and stuff like that on the phone. I mean, on the watch, we'll do wireless headphones. But still, listen, using GPS and using Bluetooth. On a battery that's not that big in the first place, a phone can't even handle that for so long. Much right. less a much less say a watch. So, I feel like that's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm not gonna buy it, um, and I feel like no one else should buy it either. And I and I really do feel like if you're watching and you're thinking about buying into wearable technology, hold off for a while until you see um, devices with you know two week battery or maybe six, every six months battery charge. Maybe if they figure out a way to use solar battery technology to work better or something like that, but Charging your um, phone, your tablet, and then your watch at the end of the day is too much. And I feel like yeah. you, know, you shouldn't be able to if – it's, if, it's, if you're using it for working out or if you're on a road trip or something like that and you plan on taking your watch with you, the last thing in your mind is to be charging your watch. Because I don't think about charging my watch now, and that changes a, that, that changes a lot of uh, yeah, ideas. Do you want the, the watch itself or the wearable to be dependent or independent of the phone? So, for example, do you want it to be able to only run if it's connected wirelessly through your phone, or do you want it to be its own standalone device where it's basically a phone on your wrist and it doesn't need to be connected to anything? I have yet to find the, I have yet to find the need to where I need notifications on my wrist. No, I mean, just so, do you want it to be its own device? Like I, I feel like it, it needs to be its own device, and I need, but I want to be able to give information to my phone when I want it to give information to my phone. For example. If, like a lot of them have the heart rate monitors and right. the calorie counter, things like that, right? Put that put that information to my phone when it sees my phone ne next to it, or or log it wirelessly somehow to my computer. I don't care how you do it. I want that information off my work, off my watch, but I don't need anything else from my phone coming to my watch, except maybe a way to sync my music over there. That you know that's kind of cool, but I don't want to carry my phone and my watch if I'm out for a run because I want to come light. I, I don't run with you know, 60 pounds. I'm not I'm not in the military. I want to run as light as possible. You know what I'm saying? I want as the least resistance as possible because I'm already going uphill as it is. You know, and I'm a big guy, so it's, that's a lot of things to factor in. You know, so a phone can stay at home or in a backpack or somewhere far from the watch. I want an independent watch. Um, I want something that, like I said, the biggest thing is battery life. I don't care how it's done. I can take. I will take notifications on my wrist for now if it meant I had long battery life. But hey, man. The, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Phil may, Phil may like notifications on his wrist, but I don't want notifications on my wrist. It's funny you mentioned that Samsung's now been working on a flexible battery. I'm not so 
inclined to use that. I it feel like... like used to work on a flexible operating system. <laughs> to work with Android. I feel like if you were to bend that battery, it would just snap, and all that oil and juice goes in your face. And I, ugh. Well, I this is what I'm going to say to bending a battery. Just like the uh, LG G Flex phone, yes, it, it can it can flex a little bit, but we're not talking about like, I'm going to destroy this battery, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there should be some, some level of saneness. Uh, you have to, you have to treat them like the Stretch Armstrongs we had as a kid. You you stretch them, but you're not. It's not the point to jump rope with the Stretch Armstrong, you know. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So moving on here, um, some of the things we talked about. We're missing our one of our co-hosts here. Um, what, my co-host name is uh, Snooty Snort. Was it? <laughs> how do you pronounce it again? Now? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, um, Oh, it's like Snooty Scoot. Classic. Uh, oh, yeah, classic Snoot, that's it. Yeah, classic Snoot. Yeah, classic Snoot um, isn't here with us today. He will be here with us for our next episode. But So he has some things yeah, we want to talk about. So we're going to rest in peace on him for that. Well, So we're going to move on to some gaming news here. And we're going to talk about this this new phenomenon, um, which is open world gaming and zombies. Um Phil, uh, you know a little bit about this H1Z1 thing. Um, why don't you go ahead and leave me off with this. What's, what's going on? What is H1Z1, and why should we care? Uh, you should care because it's 2015, and it's running on the PlayStation 2 graphics processor. That's why you should care. It's <laughs> groundbreaking. All right. That's that's my <laughs> he, he started off with the sneak dissing. All right. If he's not going to take the initiative, I'll do it. From what little <laughs> I know. I like the cross-platform thing where you can play on the computer, as well as playing on the Xbox together. I think that's the first thing I've ever heard of any game doing that. There's been, there's, yeah, there's been some games, like, uh, was it Planet Side 2? Um, which, which is, that's all i got to say is Planet Side 2. And if you guys know anything about Planet Side 2, then that just destroyed that right there on its own. Um, and there's been some other games too, but this, this is supposed to be a, a big title for PlayStation. Xbox um, and and PC gamers to be able to come together in this grand open world adventure of your own Walking Dead. Like we're gonna apparently be on Walking. Oh, well, not say won't be on Walking Dead, but it's like Walking Dead. Like you make a character and you're you have nothing and you have to find stuff to to survive. And there's no real end objective to this game, you know. So you're just trying to survive every single day. You build houses, you build communities. You go to gas stations and houses and try to scavenge for food and things, and people are undead. And you can turn into undead yourself if you get bitten and change the dynamics of the game. Mm. Um, this sounds really cool to me, and I and I feel like this is pop. You know, with technology advancing, with things like you know Oculus Rift and VR, things like that, and mobile gaming on your phone stuff. Is is this the first step to, to a complete streamlined game? Um, gaming uh, community, or what's, what's going on here, guys? You know, I've only used the Oculus Rift one time, and I think that was enough to make me realize my head hurt after using that. But that, was, <laughs> that was one of the older versions. I hear that the newer ones are actually really good. They don't have the uh, like the lag. Your brain can tell it's you're watching the screen instead of seeing real life. Uh, well, after I used it, despite how badly my head hurt, it had a really cool field of view. It's, it's kind of like your normal eyes. This, you can see like, all the way back here. I can see my fingers right now. And when it comes to real gaming, I hate the fact where it, like, it just looks like I'm looking at a screen. I'm not into it. There's no depth. There's no perception like 
oh, wow, I can see him at a really far distance away. Oh, I, I can see this thing right next to me. It's more of like I'm just looking at a flat screen. So when it comes to something like Streamline, where all consoles can combine into one, and you can use stuff like the Oculus Rift, that's, that's getting somewhere. And that's the steps of progression that I want to see in video games. And, like, kind of... They need to take a different approach on the programming as well, like how you get shoot in the, uh, shot in the leg in Call of Duty and you just run around like you didn't get shot in the leg, you know, that sort of thing. But they need to keep working on that stuff. But that's a good step progression right there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and you know, and that's... Uh, <sighs> I'm trying to tell you, man, the gaming this year is going to be exciting. Film, so... Uh, what's your input on, on H1Z1 compared to games like Rust and... and uh, what else is out there? Daisy and things like that. Daisy, Dead Island. Honestly, I have the same issue with all these games, and it's not going to make sense because we're in the multiplayer world, but I like being alone in a horror game. That's where most of the horror comes from. So the, the fact that there's going to be someone else involved, it ruins it. The, I, I, it gives me um, a support system, and I like the fear of playing a horror game without having that. You know? and so I, I like the idea of it, but the, in my opinion, the multiplayer aspect of it ruins the theme, in my opinion, to, to a certain degree. So how, how would you change the multiplayer aspects to work with the giving, giving you the horror or the, the scariness in the game? Like, how would you work I, with, allow to work with it? I don't know how it would work. I mean, I think about, I mean, I'm, it's 2006, so it's not very classic, but Resident Evil 4 is by far my favorite horror game there ever was. And not the scariest, though, but just the story and the immersion. And let's say if I'm playing uh, H1N1 with my headset and some guys, like, talk, I can H1, hear... H1Z1. H1N1 is a, is a virus. Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know why they did that. Anyway. So, so imagine we're playing. And let's say uh, there's a large pack of, uh, of zombies uh, encroaching on my position. And I hear a guy playing with his girlfriend complaining that he's taking out, his, taking out the garbage. It's ruined for me, you know? Are these the swine flu zombies? The <laughs> one? Uh, it's just like, I guess I you can't have your cake and eat it too, so I would love to play with someone, but then I'm not going to be worried. It's like, in my opinion, it's like playing Doom with cheat codes. Why are you wasting your time? You know? Right, right. So, yeah. All right. So, see, I'm going to I'm gonna add on to it, and I'm going to say that I feel like if they would make this, the multiplayer, and I know some people hate this, but imagine if they took away... The communication part of the of the multiplayer, okay. like there's no way to talk to someone. Okay. So you have to tr so you bring someone into the game with you. You see them all there. They can attack you because apparently there is like this no yeah. friendly fire thingy. So you can attack someone. Mm -hmm. So now so, you have to you have you have to think about it. Is this zombie or this player more than who's more dangerous to you? Because now you're like, I want to go in this gas station, and now there's like six people inside there. They may all be friends, and they all might be playing somewhat relatively on some, maybe some other type of like communication system, like um, Teamspeak or something, right, or Vent right. or something, like, right? Or Skype, yeah. Yeah, or Skype or something, right? So they're doing their thing, and you don't know if you can trust them. Uh, are they going to kill you and rob you for your thing, which is a feature in this game, or are they now going to help you and take on this zombie who are need out, join into their brotherhood? And maybe you're the person who may be like, you know, I'm going to help me out, you know, do what I can, and maybe I can attack them, you know, and try to take them out. Like, that, to me, would bring a really interesting element to a game like that. Yeah, but, I mean, people can do that anyway. That's what they do with Rust. 
what, what I really like about Rust is if they incorporate this into the game, Rust has in-game voice where if you communicate, if you're far away, it sounds like you're far away. Like, your voice gets really quiet and it's hard to hear you. Could you hear that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, the farther that'd be, that'd away cool you go, feature. yeah, the farther away you go, the softer your voice gets. And so if people are going to use third-party voice software like Skype or TeamSpeak, they're going to use it anyway just to team up so they don't want their voice to be heard. But don't, that doesn't mean get rid of the voice in-game at all. I think that would be a cool feature, especially if they did the, the actual real-life distance traveling thing. Mm. I love that feature of Rust, because, like, there's the guy, like, of course, of course he's completely butt-naked because he started off with nothing, and uh, I'm just staring at this other guy, he's like, hey, want to be friends? I'm like, yeah, yeah, hey, look over there, like, bash your head in with this rock. <laughs> but that's definitely an interesting aspect of the game. Don't get rid of it. You know, man, that that that's good, man. You know what? We're looks like we're about hit hit uh, good on time here, so we're about to start heading on um heading on out. We actually have some Q and A before we before we leave today. We have some Q and A questions from a live viewer, so let's go ahead and take a look and see what we have here. Um, you guys, give me a moment while I pick up this information. You ever, you ever played Rust, Philip? I found out what Rust was about five minutes ago when you brought it up. So. <laughs> I assume it's like Dead Island. Uh, no, it's more of like H Y H one Z one. So uh, who wants to answer this question here? We have a question uh, from a viewer that says, as a long distance runner, does the wearable track distance? Like not only could you and it like got cut off here, so I'm gonna go ahead and read the rest of it. I apologize. You're messing up, Javon. Okay. As a, <laughs> as a long distance runner, does a wearable track does a wearable track distance like not only could you time your runs, but if you wanted to track your distance like five miles or something? Question mark. Um I guess it's a question for me then. <laughs> I mean I don't see how they could. I mean this, I, I, guys, viewers, I don't actually think Touchwood is amazing. Just, just saying that. Oh, but, I thought you were serious. <laughs> but, the, but the simple S health tracks all of that. So, I mean, even not using one of these wearables, I could not imagine it not doing what you're asking. So, oh, are they asking like something like a waypoint? Um, the sense that you're asking can not only track how much you run or times that you run. But the distance, like if you were to run like five miles or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even Google Maps can do that. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Um, I'm actually going to say the Google Fit, which is a cross-platform device for all, all of our Android um, health services. Um, we can all download Google Fit, and Google Fit automatically, just by your phone processor alone, can track how far you were to run and where you were to run based off the GPS location if you had it on or off. So, to that question, yes. Wearable devices can do that um, with Android Wear, and I'm I'm sure Apple uh, Watch will be able to support that too. Um, as of right now, Pebble does not support a GPS system, so I don't know if it can track that information for you just by wearing the wearable alone. And uh, we have a comment from someone, Travis Rock. Hey. Uh, uh, he does, he didn't leave a question, but he just said, "I see you." <laughs> and Travis, we don't see you, so. Hey. So 
So that seems to be it um, for today. Uh, this was uh, the Chill Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Javon LeBlanc. We're here with Grant Fox. It's funny you mentioned that uh, Travis Rock's actually a friend of mine, and he's a pretty famous uh, rapper, too. You might want to check him out. All right, so, hey. We'll yeah, I'm actually being serious. He actually has a lot of fans. Hey, well, hey, I'll tell you that right now. We will definitely check out uh, Travis Rock's rapper. We'll give a shout-out to Travis Rock and his um, it, 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 does he have like a YouTube ch- uh, subhandle or something like that? Yeah, I would just Google Travis Rock. He has his own music too. So Google Travis Rock if you want to some good, to some good music. I'm um, also here with uh, Phil Mercer. Hey, bud. Okay, <laughs> it's Bantha Fodder. Come on. Bantha Fodder. Sorry, guys. Thank Phil you. Mercer, the Bantha Fodder. All right, and uh, we are here. Chill Tech Podcast. This is episode one, and we are signing out. See you guys. Adios.